Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to the Modes of Mouth podcast with Harry Benjamin and Tim Sylvie. This is the place where we meet some of the biggest names in and around motorsport, chat about their lives and everything in between. This week we're joined by one of the most exciting young racing talents about right now. She's honed her skills in the rallying world and is about to enter the exciting new all-electric Extreme E Championship. So she's here to tell us all about it as well as her career so far. We're very excited to welcome Katie Munning to the show this week thank you so much to you guys who continue to download and listen if you like it please do leave us a review it really helps us to get bigger and enjoy before we introduce today's guest i need to head across the counties to essex to introduce harry benjamin and fun fact he isn't just a fountain of motorsport knowledge but is trained in the thespian arts having studied the art of acting at none other than rada and his voice is featured on numerous ads he's even had his own national radio show across the hits radio network Harry, celebrity, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Absolutely not. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm good, thank you, Tim. Um, I've actually, big news, I'm yep. booking a holiday. How? I don't know how? where, I don't know when. It will be within the UK, probably south in the UK. I don't know where or when, but I just have to have something to look forward to. Well, we, should, we should chat because we're planning a holiday. We were meant to go to Turkey next week and we're not. Um, oh, yeah. So we're looking at uh, various places. I think we're going to end up in uh, Kent, the Kent coast. I think. Oh yeah, Kent's lovely this time of year right here. Well, a bit chilly, but... You know, <laughs> I mean, what else do you do? I, I literally can't go anywhere. We've tra- we, we've we've gone from Turkey to uh, Cyprus, and then that was a no-no. Dubai mm. couldn't do that because of testing. It's just too much of a faff. So yeah, we're just going to do a, a stay staycation. 
Well, that'll be fun. I, hear, I think our guest will know a lot about Kent, so uh, hopefully they can uh, point us in the right directions. Nice segue. Um, talking of which, shall I introduce today's guest? Let's do it. So today we're joined by Katie Munnings, who was recently announced as the latest female driver to be signed to the new Extreme E Championship, which gets underway in 2021. She'll be behind the wheel of the Andretti United machine to take part in the revolutionary new series. The 22-year-old racing ace is already a rally star in her own right, so we'll go into the series with high hopes. We're here to find out more about the woman behind the visor. It's a pleasure to have her here. Katie Munnings, welcome to the Motormouth Podcast. Wow, that was an introduction. Thank you very much. <laughs> Got me all excited. <laughs> Thank you so much for uh, joining us, Katie. It's great to, great to see you. So where, where, where do we find you today and where is home? I am in Kent, so that's why I was shaking my head when he was talking about having a holiday here. I was thinking, no, it's kind of rained for the last week non-stop. Um, it's pretty oh, cold. Yeah, but you've got, I would you've aim got a, probably you've... more down towards Devon or Cornwall if I was thinking yeah, about holiday. Yeah, but it's so far. Mm. Like, we, we've thought about going to Devon and Cornwall, but then it's a seven-hour drive. And, you know, Kent, we can get to in maybe two and a half hours. And, you know, you've got places like Rye and, you know... And Love stuff. Rye, actually. Yeah, Rye. If you go to Rye, go to The Fig. Best cafe ever. It's one of my favourites. Okay. Are you, are you near the seaside right now or are you more inland? No, I'm more inland. So okay. I grew up down by the seaside um, in a place called Hythe, but now I'm up, um, I'm kind of in between Maidstone and Ashford. So, okay. Quite- okay. Yeah. Because yeah. I've been to Whitstable a few oh, times, which is also a lovely That's my favorite place. So we, we go there I'm- regularly. That's like our go to holiday destination for a week, a long weekend away. Yeah. It's quite a popular place, I'm pretty sure. So, you know, I go, might, might see you there. Good crowd. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, we'll forget Kent for the minute. Let's talk about you, Katie, and, and motorsport and, and all things uh, racing. And we always start by asking, you know, how, how our guests got into it. When did, when did the bug bite? I've always been surrounded by motorsport. Um, not in the way that I kind of was pushed into it or that I started off competing when I was younger. But my dad, he used to be a rally driver. Um, and he then when he stopped driving, he became an instructor. And so he helped open the Brands Hatch Rally School and the London Rally School as well. Um, so I kind of grew up going to work with him and sitting in the passenger seats. And I just thought it was a really cool thing to do. Uh, and, and then when he when I was probably five or six, he started his own motorsport entertainment company. But it was stuff like quad biking and buggies and all of that kind of stuff. So that was run from a family farm. Um, and so I grew up on this farm and I'd come home from school and I'd be straight off in, you know, in the quad bikes with the instructors and I'd be covered in mud in my uniform and my mum would go mad. And um, it was really, you know, quite a fun upbringing. Um, but it was always a hobby. It was never something that I saw as like a career. Um, so, you know, I didn't see any opportunities. It's quite, you know, it's quite niche to get into and to know how to go about making a career of it. Um, sorry, beeping. I'll just turn that off. That's really distracting. <laughs> um, I was like, oh my God, what is that? I know. Do you know, it's a speaker that I heard on earlier, but you know, when they run out of battery and then they do this horrific alarm. I was half turned off. Is, I've never heard a horrific alarm like that before for a speaker. Wow. <laughs> Like end of the world, get under your desks. Uh, anyway, sorry. So that well, that's really so. It's nice to have that family connection there, obviously, to begin with as well. But so you're right. There is no straightforward path, is there, for for rallying in, in that kind of world, or or is there? You know, what what is is it karting? Is it is it progression from there? How does it work? I think for kind of single seater or like circuit racing, it's a bit more straightforward than the way that everyone tends to start in karting and goes through the ranks. And normally, you know, you know somebody or you've got a bit of help or you've got some contacts in the industry. Um, 
Whereas rally is a bit more vague. Um, I started in grass auto testing when I was 14. Um, and that was just purely because we live in the countryside. And dad said when me and my sister started to drive, he didn't want us going out into the lanes because it's very like icy and, you know, they don't grit the roads around here. And he said, I don't want you just going and sticking a car off, you know, when I know how to handle a skill and I want you to be able to do it too. So we we started that just for basically for car control on grass. Um, and then I'm, I'm quite a competitive person. I'd always been very competitive. I've been doing a lot of um, athletics and netball. Um, and so I've been training a lot in other sports. Um, and then I started that and I was obviously took the competitive streak into that my sister wasn't she went completely the opposite way and she was just you know doing it for a bit of fun and she went off to work in tv and film so uh, we were polar opposites um but then when I was 17 um I got invited to a test with Peugeot Sport in the south of France um and it was actually it was on Mont Blanc so it was crazy it was you know a very steep road um and it was at the side uh, it, well there was the French rally Mont Blanc rally running but apart from that they were doing like a press day for drivers and so they invited a lot of the top drivers um in Europe really to go I think um Chris Ingram was there I think Craig Bream might have been there as well and Charles Martin and Charles Martin um the French driver French she was I think he was French champion at the time but he was my coach for the day and I'd never sat in a rally car before I was only 17 so I just started driving on the road um and then suddenly it was left-hand drive I was in an R2 sequential gearbox it was everything was wrong about it you know I just you know I had no idea what I was doing um it's completely different to what I was used to driving right-hand drive in England um and I did the first couple of runs with him and I was so excited I was thinking oh my god this is the best thing ever this is so exciting especially because I'd sat next to him and seen how fast he went um and he was like right yeah okay so do you want to put it in rally mode now (laughs) I'd just been in like the road section mode I wasn't even in like you know and I was that blown away by it um you must have been terrified though i mean that that's because rally cars are so different we had uh, thierry Neville on here and he um you know some of the footage that we've seen of him racing you know flat chat in his rally car is quite unbelievable to get to jump into a, a situation like that you, you say you were excited but was there part of you thinking fuck like what what <laughs> what am i gonna do how, how is this even gonna happen do you know what absolutely and you know i've had a lot of moments like that through my career since and i think part of you know being successful in any industry is putting yourself out of your comfort zone um and i would want it it was one of those moments where it was such a leap and it was such a step that was almost out of our grasp so it was yeah. one of those things like it actually doesn't matter it's once in a lifetime just enjoy it you know and i because i because I didn't appreciate the enormity of it at the time because I was just going in to try a rally car for the Probably day. You know, I didn't. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. It was looking back. It was and with the knowledge that I have now about the cars, the way they handle what rallying really is about. I probably wouldn't have done it on the first day. I'd have said, <laughs> actually, you know, what? you know, going off the side of this mountain on this tiny gravel track probably isn't the best idea when I know what the insurance excesses are on the cars <laughs> now, you know. Um, but yeah, that I mean, look, you know, I'm really glad I did do it. And I think it's one of those times I always try and remind myself of that as well when I'm, you know, nervous about something. I always try and remind myself of, you know, well, was we've there, been here before. You're going to be here again. So get on with it. <laughs> yeah. Was there like a particular moment when you thought, right, I'm going to be a rally driver. This is it now. This is definitely what it what it's going to be. No, not at all. I think because unless, you know, unless you're somebody that just walks in kind of an easy route into it and is able to train loads. And my career, I was, you know, still even to 
2018, 2019, I was running off, you know, my teammates used tyres and because we didn't have the budget to be there, really. We'd always pitched it that we wanted to go in into, you know, the top level, into the European Championship. There's really strong drivers there that go on to World Championship. Um, and we always said for me to progress, um, I'd rather, you know, be the bottom of that part than I would to go into the UK and not have, you know, not be pushed as far on, on the roads. And, you know, I wanted to experience lots of different surfaces that you get in Europe. And um, so I decided to do that. And um, it, yeah, I mean, it was bold. It was bold looking back as well. <laughs> Another big decision. Um, but yeah, I mean, I loved every minute of, minute of it. And I think it helped me to progress, um, you know, quite quickly um, through the early days. It made me grow up quite a lot as well and there was lots of different parts to it but there was never a moment when I was thinking okay yeah this is kind of this is a career because it was always you know and still is motorsports that's one of the natures of motorsport you know it changes so much Um, and I think if you can accept that and you're doing it because you love it and you want to be there and you know you'll give up everything to race then I think that's the place to be in however Um, you do have a fullback if all else fails as my five-year-old son will testify you have a TV career or had a TV oh, yeah. career or, or it's, it's on pause, however you want to look at it while you focus on your racing. Um, Katie's Amazing Machines, which I'm very familiar with over my breakfast and my, my shreddies with my, um, with my children. <laughs> How on earth did that come about? Tim's a bit of a fan. He's a fanboy. I am. Uh, is he? I'm not ashamed to say it. And so, so is Arthur, my, my five-year-old son. I told him you were coming on the podcast and he was more excited about you than he was by David Coulthard, Crofty and Sebastian Buemi combined. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm his fan then as well, if he thinks that. <laughs> Thanks, Arthur. Um, no, uh, yeah, that was insane, actually. I'd, um, it was just by chance, really. I was on BBC Breakfast show. Um, I was being interviewed about the European championship that year I think I'd won the ladies title in 2016 and the interview was off the back of that Um, and I got a call from a producer from kids tv saying um, oh we've got this idea and we want to run a pilot we you know we'd love you to be the presenter of this show and I think the idea came from him watching me on BBC breakfast and saying oh that's unusual you know it's a girl driving and I think the the idea came from that Um, and so we filmed the pilot and it was you know my first time anything to do with really TV apart from being asked you know how was that stage at the end of the stage um but even so I'd only really been in motorsport for a year at that point so I hadn't got loads of media knowledge um and then I we filmed the pilot um and it was so much fun I drove a monster truck which was so cool um and then he said normally you know it takes a couple of years sometimes to get commissioned in kids TV um it's quite a competitive industry within a couple of months he phoned me back and said yeah we've got the show um when can you start filming Wow, gosh, how am I going to film this because it was exactly the same time as I was meant to be in the European Championship but I was in the European Championship doing a full season um and so it was literally filming every single day when I wasn't away racing and you know some of it looking back it was you know it was fun and it was a great time but some of it was so hectic as well you know my mum luckily was a makeup artist in tv and film so she was my makeup artist for the show oh so perfect we would drive around together and she would email answer my emails you know to do with racing stuff while I was on set and it worked like quite a quite a nice team but there was times when I thought this is actually impossible to juggle both mm-hmm. I'd be trying to remember lines and I'd be at the same time watching on boards of the race that's coming up that weekend and there was so much crossover between the two industries but I think it you know in the end looking back it worked so well and it was some of the best experiences I've ever had I mean we drove some cool stuff as well so yeah I would do it all again it was amazing would you I was going to say would you ever go back to something like that or you know if Top Gear came calling who knows (laughs) 
<laughs> you know what I do I love it and I think that you get so, you, so many cool opportunities I'm actually filming a new TV series at the minute um, oh. which you know, I'm only I'm only doing kind of I think less than 10 episodes in but it's kind of um, similar but not the same I'm not actually how much I can say about it <laughs> I'm not going to give it away but um, they've got lots of different kind of industry experts on it so there's some people oh, that aren't drivers cool. you know it's a big comedy yeah. it's not like you know it's not as heavyweight as you're the only presenter in it um, so it's it, you know it's fun to keep keep my toes in the kind of pond of the TV world because I do you mm. know I do love it and as you say it's something that is um, especially when people finish motorsport careers it's something that people tend to go back towards as well if you have the opportunity to so yeah, yeah. but it was a decision that I had to make at the time and because you know I, I knew that I was going to do you know if I was going to do both I'd do them both in a, like a half-heartedly way just because I couldn't mm. split my time um so I decided right motorsport probably won't be here forever you miss your slot if you're you know wrong age and all of that it's very competitive mm. so I thought right okay I went into the industry wanting to be a driver so I tried to you know I thought I've got to stick with that you know that's where my heart is and I think yeah that's incredibly sensible as well and actually you said that obviously this producer saw you on, on BBC Breakfast and thought oh it's a, it's a woman talking about racing and rallying in particular that's quite unusual that, you know that, that's this almost selling point have you because we've spoken to people like Charlie Martin and uh, the bosses at W Series and uh, lots of uh, Nikki Shields Rachel Brooks Natalie Binkham you know from the presenting world and we've all discussed about how it is to be a female in motorsport all, all from these different aspects but is, have you found it particularly challenging in the world of rallying because even even in the single seater world it's quite small but in rallying I imagine it's a whole it's a whole other ball game yeah do you know what um I think probably a bit of my ignorance at the beginning as I said earlier you know I didn't realize like the magnitude of what I was doing to me I'd grown up around cars and I'd grown up like you know with probably males most of my life because I grew up in an entertainment company where all the instructors were male just because they were you know um so I think I was used to it and I was used to being in like that male dominant environment in motorsport from my experience obviously then this went on to a whole other level when we were going off to compete on a much bigger scale but I found that I think a lot of the male drivers I, I was lucky I was in a nice bubble it was a really good group of drivers in the European Championship at the time and you know I went in with the attitude of I'm new I'm here to learn you know I wasn't going in thinking I was world champion because I wasn't you know I was a complete beginner really um and so I think that they they liked that you know and they respected that and they helped me they sent me on boards I had some of them like tutor me in cars um it's a nice environment I never really came into like the the side of it that you sometimes read about you know Mm. I I think I personally was very lucky I think then when you get faster obviously you know people stop sharing as many tips just because that's the way sport is you know they wouldn't do it with their male competitors either so um but I like that because then that means you're there to race and you're part of a gang and um I've never felt excluded though I think I've been really lucky in that sense perhaps perhaps rallying's a bit different from some of the other you know more mainstream if you like sport um, motor racing series because I mean things have changed haven't they I mean with with the rise of W series um, Extreme which we'll talk about later where you know it's a, it's a male female team um, it feels like perhaps rallying is just a slightly friendlier place than than some of the other championships yeah, I think so. And I think also it's one of those sports where it's, I mean, like, you know, don't get me wrong, all love of all forms of motorsport are difficult, they're expensive, it's hard to raise the budget. But I think it's it's tough to get there. And I think people all um, understand it because they've done it themselves. You know, all of the competitors know how difficult it is to get to the start line of an event. And then when you're all there, you kind of have this camaraderie because you, you want to enjoy it. Um, and I think that 
that kind of stems from like the like club level motorsport and people helping each other out. And you don't really seem to lose that in the rally paddock. You know, maybe, okay, at the top level, if you're fighting for seconds, you're not going to share a spare part. But generally, you know, it wouldn't be unheard of of me to break something on my car and go to my competitor's tent and see if they've got anything in their service truck and then yeah. say, yeah, okay, you yeah, have this part. You can't imagine that happening in Formula 3, can you? <laughs> no, exactly. So I do think it is a completely different world. It, in that sense, it is. That's probably why I've been a little bit more sheltered to that kind of side of motorsport well i'm sure you're competitive nonetheless and uh i think tim it might be time for the hardest quiz motorsport. absolutely he's played a sound that i can't hear i don't know if you can hear it <laughs> there's a soundtrack wasn't it yeah exactly he pressed the button and there's sound going on so we'll just it'll be in the post there it'll be fine um welcome to motor mouths the hardest quiz in um, as coined by the 40-plus people you've had on this quiz. Uh, four questions are coming your way, um, but they're all about perhaps rallying and things that you know about, hopefully, but that's where people seem to fall over. They, they don't know a lot about what they actually do. Um, top five, there are 14 points up for grabs. Uh, Alexander Sims from Formula E currently leads the way ahead of Dilbag Gill, who runs the Mahindra team. IndyCar's Connor Daly is third. Uh, and then we have Brendan Hartley and Natalie Pinkham. So um, if you want to get 30... That's not fair, 30... because you've got journalists in there. They're going to know uh, a lot uh, more than hang we on. do. Don't, oh, no, no, hang on, don't start making excuses. No, <laughs> no, not having that. And no. No, but Karun Chandog, who um, everybody says is a genius, apparently, is last. So, um, and he knew absolutely nothing about his own career. Clearly not a genius. So, uh, that, you know, and, he, and he's, he's more of a journalist these days. So there we go. Right. Okay, Katie, are you ready for your first question? I'm really nervous. Yeah. I didn't know about this. <laughs> is it too late? You absolutely should be. Okay. No. First question is, Sebastian Loeb has the most championship wins in the WRC with nine but who sits in second and how many championships do they have? It's not easy. That's not easy. I didn't man. say it was going to be easy. It's the hardest game in motorsport. I'm going to say Sebastian Ogier. That is correct. For an extra point, can you tell me how many he has? Seven. Oh, oh, so oh, close. Oh, it was sick. That was a was really it? good effort. Oh. But you get, you get, I'm going to give you uh, one and a half for that one. So right. uh, that's decent. Okay. Solid. Question number two. Here we go. Which constructor has the most championship wins in WRC history and how many do they have? This isn't current manufacturers. Yeah, this is. This is of all time. So that might give you a little hint. And it was championship wins. Is that the question? Uh, yes, most championship wins. Would you get this, Harry? Citroen? What no, you... I would not get this. What did you say? Citroen. Citroen. Oh, I'm afraid that is incorrect. It was Lancia with what ten. Uh, yeah. See, I'm too young for this. This isn't, you know. I'm thinking. Yeah, I know. Like, to be, I know. To be fair, that's a hard one. Okay, right. We're moving away from rallying now. Question three. Can you name all eight teams participating in the first series of Extreme E? <laughs> which, which, which is tough because they, they are coming online in spits and spats. So this is a hard, are, this is a hard There are eight teams confirmed currently, according to Wikipedia. What are their names? Okay, Andretti United. Correct. Chip Ganassi. Correct. Cupra. 
Is that a team? That is a team. Like Har- ABT, yeah. Oh, that is a team. Yeah, you've got it. ABT Sports Line. Cooper. Yeah, I, yeah. Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah, I yeah, got that one. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're there. Sorry. Um, Lewis Hamilton's team. What's it called? Mm, yeah, what's it called? <laughs> it's complete. It's uh, X, X44 or something? Yes, yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Absolutely. Um, okay. Yes, Hamilton. correct. How many have I got so far? Uh, you've got like six of you. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, I need one, two. Did you? There are three more. Did you, you say? Did you say your own? Yeah, I've said my own. Done yeah. your own, right? Good. There are three more. If you if you can get two more, you get all the points. <laughs> oh. Can you, you give me a clue? Where where have they come from? Uh, they... Okay, so we have another German team on the list, um, and we have a. Oh, is that going to give it away? Oh, um, <laughs> they they this. And then one of the other teams has another team that races it in an electric championship. And is got the name of a very fast animal in their title? The cheetah. Oh, that was yes. Sorry. <laughs> that, was, that was very generous. You know what? I should know this as well, because I was at an extreme e-test last week and some of these people were there. Yeah. So. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay, so if you can get one, one more. One more. So you've said apt, veloce. Yeah. Uh, Chip Ganassi, Andretti United, Tachita, Team X44. I have two more on my list, but if you can get one more, then you get all the points. A German team. They are linked to Mercedes in a previous in previous lives. Oh, your face is not is not telling a good story. Gonna have to hurry up. All right, no, I give up. It's not coming to me. That's a shame. I was looking for HWA. Uh, HWA. No, no. And the other one was QEV Technologies, which I've never heard of. I didn't know if this was announced. See, I was keeping quiet because I didn't know if this was announced yet. So that that was that was why my brain because I was you know I was <laughs> oh there and I was we like, go oh, then. I'm pretty sure there's a team that hasn't been announced so I didn't want to like put my mouth in it so I was making sure I got all of them gosh this Dude. is where are you my blood going hey, today well, hey, well, I it on, yeah. <laughs> I'll give you the benefit of the doubt I'm going to give you two and a half points on that one out of three Thank so you. generous that's decent. okay two more questions to go question four and then a bonus question number four. How old is your extreme E teammate, Timmy Hansen? 28. Yes. Correct. Four points. Okay, and your bonus question is, for one extra point, the RMS St. Helena, is it St. Helena or St. Helena? Helena. Helena, I think. It is Helena. I didn't think I'd made that up. Um, The RMS St. Helena is a ship that will be used by extreme E as its base to travel to all of its race destinations. But what was the ship originally used for? God, I learned this last week as well. <laughs> Wasn't paying attention. Is it a cargo ship? I remember. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Well done. It was Do you know a cargo what? I sat ship. next to Alejandro at dinner and he was showing me photos inside of him stood in the different sections and he was saying, oh, this is where this is going to go and this is where this is going to oh, go. Oh, amazing. And it he looked... told me what it was for and so that would be really bad if I hadn't listened to that, <laughs> wouldn't I? <laughs> well, well done. You have redeemed yourself. So let me do the math. That is... I think that you've done well. That's going to be a good score. That's not bad. It was a shame about... Question two, which yeah. has docked you down a bit, I'm afraid. And because the leaderboard is is pretty Hang on. tight. Uh, oh, no, we didn't do the quiz with Sarah, did we? We can't no, put we her didn't. up again. No, we awkward. No. no. Oh, okay, you have achieved seven points. 
mm. which is um it's not great. Uh, <laughs> you I think are, I've got most of the questions right, though. I think you boys are cheating. Never. Right, no, um, question two was an absolute shambles. Uh, uh, yeah. See, I lost two points in that alone, exactly, didn't I? Exactly. So that does dot you down. And uh, you're just a couple of points behind Thierry Neville. So that puts oh. you in 27th position. 27th? But what? it's out of like 40. So that's not bad. Okay. Yeah. So, um, well, thank you so much for playing the hardest quiz in motorsport. You did well. <laughs> that was that a was that was a solid effort. But it's it's me. You get one question wrong and you slide down that leaderboard. Quick, yeah, you quick do. As you like. Um, well, well done. That's a career highlight for you. Remember that one um, when you're rich and famous. Um, the the best thing you ever did was take part in the motormouth quiz. Uh, you're welcome. Oh. Um, now, listen. Let's let's move to extreme E. Um, so. Um, we're huge fans of Extreme E. Um, we love what it stands for and its sustainability message. Um, the cars look ridiculous. I know you, you had a go in one in Paris, uh, well, Paris, around the streets of Paris, that'd be weird, but in France <laughs> recently. Um, so first of all, how did the seat come about? How did it come about? Um, I think it was during lockdown, actually. I had a phone call um, from Roger um, at Andretti and he was explaining, you know, um, kind of that they're, they were joining Extreme and, you know, just the kind of normal process that you'd go through having a chat to um, some drivers. Um, and I obviously was massively excited because I I think I'd only signed to the driver's programme a couple of uh, weeks before that. Um, I was quite a late comer to the driver's programme for Extreme Um But it was something that I was really passionate about. I just didn't know the crossover between Extreme and rallying. You know, we didn't know if there'd be a clash in the championships. And there was lots of questions that um, I kind of wanted to answer before I'd commit to it. Um, but yeah, it seemed to all pan out nicely. Um, and I thought when I first had the championship, to be honest with you, I didn't believe it. I did, you know, I did not think it would actually happen. I didn't believe that that was possible. Um, and then when you, the more you start thinking about it, you think, okay, yeah, we go racing, but actually with this championship, we can go racing and we can have a positive impact, you know, on what we're doing into the local communities and, um, with all of the, like, I swear they have like announcements every day, which are like groundbreaking announcements <laughs> as well, broadcast deals and legacy programs. Yeah. Um, and the more and more I read of them, I was just like completely blown away by what was going into it. Um, so I signed with them and then I was really excited to hear from, um, Andretti, especially because, you know, they're an incredibly successful team and um, they've got some, you know, really, really intelligent and really well-experienced people working there as well. So I thought they'd be one of the, you know, strong competitors in the championship. Um, so, yeah, I, I kind of was massively excited by the opportunity. Now, we've, we've had um, someone you'll be up against, Sarah Price, um, on the show previously, and she told us a little bit about um, what Extreme E is, but I think it's worth revisiting for any new listeners we've got since then. So can just give us a, a little bit of insight into what the series is all about. <laughs> So Extreme E is an off-road championship, which isn't, it's not run through circuits or tracks, it's run through routes. Um, so think like electric Dakar kind of style, but we're going to Greenland, we're going to be um, in Brazil, we're going, you know, the Amazon, um, where else are we going? There's in uh, Senegal, there's loads of places, Saudi Arabia, so it's really kind of into the rural sides of all of these countries. Um and it's not just racing. Yes, of course, it's racing. There's a male and female split in the team. So the male's time combined with the female's time comes up with the overall result for the team. So there's a driver swap in the middle. Um, 
So first of all, it's a really cool step for women in motorsport. Um, it's offering a load more seats out there at the top level to females, which is really awesome. And of course, you know, they're going to be seen in the same light as the male, given the same opportunities because it's the overall result that counts. Um, but also you have the legacy side to it. So every place that we go to um, is going to be regenerated when we leave. So the boat, it sounds crazy. It sounds like, it, you know, I'm dreaming here when I come up with all these things. I'm telling you about my dream <laughs> last night. And there's loads of random parts coming into it. Um, but there's this ship, which is called the St. Helena that we heard about earlier. Um, and that's moving around. It's got a laboratory on it. And it's moving around the world. And that's going to be like the floating paddock. So the cars are going to stay on the boat. But also there's laboratories with scientists from Cambridge University and they are coming with us to all of these locations and um, they are working with uh, like local science teams and they're replanting the trees in the Amazon, for example. And they're working with the communities in Senegal and all of these different things. And still daily, they're announcing new legacy programs in each of the locations. Um, so it's a carbon neutral championship and it's helping reverse the effects of climate change. We're kind of bringing the platform that sport has to science. And, you know, it's, yes, we're racing and it's some of the biggest names in motorsport are involved, but also, you know, we're giving something back. We're not just burning petrol. Actually, this is the future. So it's, it's a massively exciting programme. Right. Alejandro Agag really does have a mind like no other to come up with things. It's amazing. And now the, the boat racing, the, um, what's it called? The yeah, the electric uh, powerboat racing. E1 or something, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, so we mentioned some of the tracks and the countries you're going to be visiting. Have you got a particular favourite at the moment that you're really looking forward to going? I'm excited to learn, actually, about driving on sand. So the first couple mm. of events were obviously sand. Um, so, you know, I've done gravel, I've done loose surfaces, but I think sand's a new ball game, so that's going to be cool. Um, so I think I'm, I am excited to go to Greenland just because, you know, it's kind of a once-in-a-life opportunity mm. to get up that far. Um, but also, I think that the Senegal um, and the Saudi events will be really cool. I've never experienced driving in those conditions before. Um, but then, you know, I, I'm really excited to go and see the Amazon as well. So there's so many different it's, things. It's um, the calendar like no other, is it? There's I know. It's not one where you think, oh, that one's going to be a bit boring. You know, I'm not yeah. really going to that one, is it? Each of them are going to be like trips that you would plan your lifetime for. Literally. You mentioned, obviously, your rallying background, you're mainly driven on, on sort of gravel. Do you think any of that will give you an edge at some of the places? Or is it going to be, do you think it's going to be quite a neutral ground for everybody learning all the new um, tracks? I think it definitely gives you an edge. Um, just me and Timmy were saying, talking about this last week because we were saying, you know, coming from an off-road already kind of background, mm. we know how to read the surfaces, we know how the car behaves, we know how to slide cars. So I think if we were talking, you know, if we just come from t t tarmac circuit racing, it would be difficult. Um, that would be the first step into it. So we are one step ahead in that sense. But also, you know, neither me, uh, Timmy or I have driven on sand before. So that's a massive thing you know and we were speaking in at the test and we were speaking to some of the drivers there that compete regularly on on sand and they were saying actually you need to forget everything you've learned about driving because it's a completely new skill and you need to make sure that you're putting in time to develop that and to practice on sand because it's you know completely it's not it's not like anything else reading a sand dune and reading you know the different texture of sand the different colors where the grip is it's mm. not something that you really get in england yeah. or in european championships yeah it's, so it's complex. i think there's a lot to learn but also at the same time it's a new car new teams for everyone first year of the championship running and um, so it's it's nice because everybody's in the same boat and that's a bit more you you know, you find you're a bit more motivated because you think actually, you know, somebody, some team has got to come out on top here. So, what can we do to make sure that that's up? Let's talk about the car. So, you, you as I said, you were in France recently. Um, presumably, you got behind the wheel, had a go. What's it like? 
Yeah, so it was, first of all, it was so different because it was the first electric car Timmy or I, I have driven. So that was new in terms of a race car. You know, that was completely new to me. We were saying normally you get all the attention when you're wanting to drive out of the pits. You get the attention because you start the engine and that roar, like, you know, it scares everyone. They're like, okay, they're going now. Let's move out the way. But here you like turn it on and people are just still like stood in, in the way of the car. And it's funny because it has this little alarm that goes off to let everybody know that the car's running and that, you know, if you accelerate, you've got 550. 50 brake horsepower coming out. Um, yeah. So that was that was the first thing. It was a funny experience. But also, I didn't think about the way of electric racing and test days. For example, you use a battery, but then, of course, you have to charge the battery. It's not like just chucking more fuel in and going. Um, so I think from a strategy side, it's very different to what I've been used to with rallying. Um, you know, you, the, I think the battery lasts about 25 minutes. And me and Timmy shared that. So we only had about 10 or 15 minutes driving each. Um, and then you charge the battery. And I think that takes about two hours. Um, so you have to make sure that when you're getting in the car, you're on it and you're, you've got what you need to accomplish for that driving session laid out and you're ready. You, there's no kind of get in and do some warm up laps because then you've done, you know, 50% of the battery. Um, so it's, it's, it is a new, it is a completely new setup for me. But the car in itself was absolutely incredible. Um, it was actually the first time I'd seen it in real life. I didn't get a chance to see it last year, last year at Goodwood at the launch. Um, so I kind of walked into the garage and it was a massive garage that was there. Um, but still, it was it was absolutely incredibly big. And I was looking at it, I was thinking, wow, <laughs> you know, this is a lot bigger than it looks on the pictures. Yeah. And I was thinking, how are we meant to be precise and race this, you know? Um, and I said that to Timmy and Timmy said, oh, I thought exactly the same when I first came because he drove it the year before. And he said, but as soon as you start driving it, you'll, you it, you know, you get used to it and yeah. you'll find actually it's it's quite, um, you know, it's very responsive. And the size of it, it seems to shrink when you drive it fast. I know that sounds really ridiculously, you know, it's a ridiculous thing to say, but, you know, mentally or perspective wise, you know exactly where all the wheels are and panels yeah. and everything. Does it feel familiar inside? I mean, is the setup of it, the layout of the the interior, did you get in and think this feels completely alien or that's oh, OK, I, I can deal with this? Do you know what? It was a lot simpler than a rally car in many ways. For the first one, you don't have gears. So that's one less thing to think about. There's no handbrake. So all of the things that, you know, your hands when you're driving literally stay on the steering wheel unless you're changing some of the mappings and um, because it's, you know, quite a developed car, they've got a lot of different um, sensors and mappings and um, settings that you can change as a driver, which is probably something that I'm not that used to going around, you know, because in rally, we kind of choose a setup, stick with it for the stage. And then if you want to change something, you get out with your spanners kind of thing. Um so that 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 side of it actually felt a bit simpler because you know you're focusing on just your pedals and your steering wheel and that's how you drive the car. There's nothing else. So that was um, that was quite refreshing actually. Um, I really enjoyed that, um, and I think I was surprised by how well it handled. Timmy um, went out first. We sat next to each other, but he was in the driver's seat first because he'd driven it before. And he said to me, um, "I'll take it slow for a lap. I'll show you around, and you know you can get a feel for the car before you drive. So we'll do slow lap for me, and then um, I'll do a couple of fast laps, and we'll switch." And um, so he started accelerating away, and he said, "Sorry, I haven't got time to waste." And he just went like full speed. <laughs> And I was like, well, you know, I was thinking like, okay, that's cool. Yeah, he's a really talented driver. He's just stepped in. He's driven it before, but still, you know, he's really driving the car well in his first lap. And we swapped and I was like, okay, but I am actually going to take it easy because, you know, it's I haven't driven the car before. I don't know anything about it. But I, as soon as I started accelerating and you kind of brake and you steer a bit to see how it slides and how the back moves... 
and instantly I was exactly the same as him. I was like, okay, yeah, I know how it handles because it's just that predictable. You know, it's such a strong race car. Spark Racing Technology have just bought and um, built an amazing car yeah. that you actually it gives you instant um, confidence as a driver. Um, so then we that, were able. That's to, exactly what you want, isn't it? From any kind of car you drive. Yeah, exactly. And especially when you think of the size of it and the fact that it's a new championship and that's, you know, all the regulations are still being decided, the race formats. It's really nice that actually, you know, you've got a car that is going to do what you want it to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that I mean, we were only on sort of a flat track. It was kind of an autocross track. Um, we didn't, there was like a rally stage there, um, which was a bit more narrow and then the hills with some jumps and stuff, but we didn't um, get a chance to go up there. So it was quite nice to see it on the, on the flat track though, because it, coming from a rally side, if I'm testing normally we choose like somewhere for example in Wales it's like on the side of a mountain a massive drop or trees on the inside there's you know no room to play with but actually here we had room to slide it and really push it because it was quite wide um to really get a sense of the car so for an initial test it was kind of perfect location now Katie are you okay I, I appreciate that you are teammates and you're you will combine your times um to get you know to find out what position you are however is there part of you that is going to be competitive with your teammate uh, do you do, or, or does that not come into it it's a team game and you just want to do the best for the team I think during testing, so we've got a couple of test days, they limit it quite a lot. I think it's to do with like the, um, you know, the carbon neutral nature of the championship and that kind of thing. So it's the same for everyone, all the teams, so it's fine. But I think from that side, it'll be useful if we are getting the stopwatch out and seeing what the pace is. Um, I think as a driver, you're always competitive and neither Timmy or I have come into this from a team sport. So we're not, you know, we've always been individuals that are looking for results. Yes, I've been with a co-driver, but, you know, it's us against them in a rally car. Um, So I think that during testing, it's healthy to have that kind of competition side and say, oh, you've got a tenth there. Where can I get that from? Or I'm for West Faster in this corner. But um, one thing I like about Timmy is, you know, there's no ego there at all. He's like, okay, we both need to be fast. So I want you to drive as well as you can for me and I want to drive as well as I can for you. And so any tips that he's got on the car, he shares with me. Um, I'm I'm sharing some videos with him at the minute. And, you know, we're, we're always chatting and we're always speaking with the team about how we can work together as well. So I think it's it's nice because for the first time ever, I think, maybe it's been different for him because, you know, he's been a teammate with his brother. But for me, coming from the rally side, it's the first time ever that there has been like a relationship where it's all on the table. And this is how I would drive my car fast. How do you drive your car fast, you know? Um, and normally, yeah, you help each other, you help your teammates, but there's always a little bit that you reserve because you want to keep your edge. And um, I think for the first time, it's completely transparent, which is so cool, actually, because obviously Timmy's such an accomplished guy. To be able to drive alongside him is, um, yeah, I'm learning a lot. It's awesome. And you're so passionate in the way you talk about it. And it's hard not to be because it really is going to be a championship like no other ever before. So I mean, it's all an unknown, but it's so exciting. The fact you've already driven the car and that's given you so much confidence and of course that test attracted quite a few high profile drivers as well I think Bottas uh, had a drive in it and oh, really? John Vern is, is involved with Veloce as well so does that fill you with confidence about how the championship is going to proceed forward not just in season one but in the long term yeah, I mean, there was there was some really high-profile drivers there. Mm. Um, it was cool. And I don't think they even announced all of them because, you know, some of the drivers wanted to keep it private. But I yeah. think that's 
you know, that that shows a lot about the interest that's coming to electric racing as well. People that don't necessarily need to be driving it, you know, they're not fighting for a seat for next year, but actually their interest is to see how the car handles. So I think that's cool. Um, And the fact that they're then giving their feedback on the handling um, to Spark Racing Technology, who will then do their further tweaks before it's kind of given out as the car for the year. Um, I think it means that there's going to be a really solid car going out. Um, and it is, it's really nice to come from a rally world to then merge all of the different industries together. We've got people from Rallycross, Formula E. Even when you look at the Andretti United team, it's people from such a like diverse background. Um, everybody's bringing in their pieces of information from different disciplines. Um, and I think it's, it's the same across the championship with different teams as well. So I think it's going to be a really interesting championship in terms of strategies. And um, I think there's going to be a lot of different approaches to it, which is really refreshing mm. do, it, do, it, do you, do you, do you, it sounds great <laughs> it sounds amazing I mean, we're actually super excited we're super excited about it and we we, we definitely want to do more uh, coverage on extreme because it's just so unique it's going to be fantastic now listen when you were growing up did you have a an idol a racing idol someone that you looked up to um god yeah well first of all it was my dad because that was my first taste of motorsport and I remember he took me out in the rally car um, when he was at rally school instructing and I was really small so I couldn't even see over the windscreen and I sat next to him I could just see this line of trees coming closer and I was like dad's gonna kill me you know mom's gonna go mad Um, and then he did a handbrake turn right next to the trees obviously you know it's completely safe but from my perspective as like a young kid going so fast in a car I was blown away by his talent um so I think he was probably my first idol then growing up people like Michelle Mouton as well um you know i really love the female um aspect in most sport and also the psychology and what 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 the actual difference is between males and females not just in motorsport but different sports um where the physical strength isn't the obvious yeah, you know yeah uh, so, something on that that was really fascinating that we we did was an interview with charlie martin you know the the transgender racing driver who's you know hoping to to get through to the mon um and she said that when she went through the transition from male to female and removed testosterone and, and increased estrogen she changed the way she drove because um, she she became more measured, calmer, and now thinks she's a better driver now than she was before the transition. God, that's really interesting, actually. Mm. I have to speak to Charlie about that. I yeah. didn't know that at all. It's, it's I always kind of assumed it. You know, it would be the way you are, and you're just that kind of driver. But that makes sense because my dad's always saying you need to be more aggressive. You know, they have a bit more bulls, and I guess that's exactly you know yeah. where that phrase comes from, really, isn't it? Exactly. Um, yeah. Um, what about um, other talents? Do you have any other talents? Obviously, you've done the TV work, um, and you're a racing driver. But it put all that aside. What else can you do? Oh, I, I, do you know what? Music was my first love, really. Um, I, I got into my school with a music scholarship. So I was playing like the flute, the piano, uh, cello. Um, wow. I, to be honest, I, I should have kept it up better. But, I, you know, you know what it's like when you get a big list of like things going on that you just keep pushing your hobbies to the back of it, don't you? Um, but yeah, I used to absolutely, but I still do love music. Um, that was probably one of my better seals when I was younger and um, sports well any sports I used to have taffle and I absolutely loved oh, it's just wow. being a bit competitive um Harry new member of the band yeah we're slowly uh we're slowly forming our band over these uh podcast <laughs> episodes because we're finding more and more people who do lots of different instruments we've got singers we've got uh we've got a whole band coming on so pick an instrument and <laughs> you're welcome to come along um, <laughs> Tuesday nights we rehearse um flip that on its head though what you crap at Maths, like, oh, yeah, you know, so mental maths. Yes. 
it really frustrates me because my granddad's so good at it and will be sat there and I just wish I was one of those people that could do it. I think I must have missed something at school. You know, when people have got like techniques on their fingers where they can do like long yeah. I just, all of that baffles me. I'm totally with you. What's, uh, what's 12 times 12? Why would you do that? Why? 124? That's a complete guess. <laughs> that the most stressful part of these podcasts is when I have to add up the score that yeah. people get on the quiz. Because uh. I'm, I'm dyscalculic, so that's dyslexic with maths, with numbers. Oh, are you? So, yeah. Are you, so are I you actually have an excuse for being bad. I, yeah. I didn't know that, but so am I. Have you actually been tested, though? I had special lessons growing up because I was uh. so bad. I still, yeah, got, I, still, I still don't have GCSE maths. I never passed it. What? Yeah. Really? I couldn't do it. Wow. Yeah. Didn't they keep making you... I remember that. There was a girl in my school as well, and they were so harsh about it. You'd like... You wouldn't pass in the first year. So the whole way through your schooling until you left school, you kept having to retake the yeah. GCSE. Never well, they gave me. They gave me extra time, which just about got me through it. But yeah, um, same. with you on that one all the way. So we're all a bit, bit dumb in this room right now. <laughs> it's a theme here, isn't there? Yeah. Um... Rallying is obviously your background, and we talked about that loads. Um, but has there ever been the temptation, or would you ever go down the more circuit uh, track route if that became an option? Yeah, I mean, do you know what? I think you can learn something from everything that you do. You know, every single day I'm in the car, I learn something new, whether I'm just, you know, filming in a supercar on an airfield to whether I'm driving in a rally car. I think there's always a skill that you can transfer and it's just about seat time. Um, mm. So yeah, definitely. I would say never say never. Part of my training that I'm doing now for Extreme is some karting to get used to close proximity racing. So that's a bit more track-based. I know it's not kind of Le Mans or anything like that, but still, <laughs> um, yeah, I think, I think off-road will always have my heart and the rally yeah. kind of scene will always be the place that I... As you know, I find that I have to use my instincts. Like, there's a lot that you have to um, deal with in the moment, and I love that challenge um, mm. in kind of rally world. But I think, yeah, going through to the future, I'd never say never to anything. I think any any driving that you can get as a driver is um, awesome. Yeah, and then in your downtime, what do you do? How do you relax? How do you switch off? How do I switch off? Um, I love my little dog. I've got a rescue dog that we found in our bin. She had no oh. hair. Um, oh, she'd fallen in trying to get food. <gasps> so she's a little westy. Um, oh. And then the RSPCA were going to put her down, but we said, no, we'll pay for her treatment, give her a chance. And now it's about four years on. She is a princess. She's been oh. skiing in the Alps. Summer's in Cornwall. I think she's trying to sneak in my room. I can see my door opening. Oh. By the but, um, yeah, she, she's, uh, I love just spending time with her. I find that animals, I always wanted to be a vet when I was growing up, and I find that animals are the most calming thing ever. If you're having a bad day, just like... Yeah. Spending time with an animal, it just takes it all away, doesn't it? Puts life in I can't believe you found it in your bin. That's like the kind of story you see on the advert when they try and get you to pet that's And you know what? I didn't even recognise her because I was going out to put, I was putting cat food, like an um, empty packet in the bin. And they, I thought it was a fox or something because she had no hair. You know, it's really strange to see a yeah. small dog with no hair. Well, so do foxes I, have no hair? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what I mean. I thought it was like a, uh, a yeah. wild beast. I Some didn't know what it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some sort of hairless wild dog. <laughs> beast. I don't know. Oh, that's, 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 so, a, that's, that's such a, a good story. It's yeah, yeah. a heartwarming story. That's really nice. Um, well, yeah. listen, should we move to our final three, Harry, old boy? Yes, we ask uh, three final questions, the same questions to all of our guests, and we just like to see uh, all the what, what answers it throws up. So, um, Tim, do you want to kick off or do you want sure. me? Sure. Yeah, I'll go for it. So, what's got you excited at the moment? 
Oh, definitely extremely. Yeah, um, it's yeah. literally all I've been thinking about. <laughs> um, <laughs> the challenge, like going into it and having the time to prepare for it, I think is awesome. My, my Riley deals have always been last minute. And I think that this is really awesome to have like a few months now where we can put the work in. Um, mm. And also having driven the car. Yeah, I'm so stoked for it. Brilliant. 2021 can't come soon enough. Um, if not doing what you're doing, which is some amazing, obviously on track work, but also uh, in front of the camera as well, what would you be doing if... If none of this was on the scene? I think probably something to do with animals. Yeah. Um, I always wanted to be a vet. Up until the point I was looking at vet unis when I was doing um, the first, uh, I think my first rally test, I came back from looking at a vet uni. So I would probably be there. Um, I just love working with animals. So yeah. Something in conservation though, which I think is really funny because now Extreme E's coming, kind of coming back around that we're going to get involved in some projects while we go out to these places. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping there's going to be some animals involved. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'm sure you'll see you'll, some You'll wildlife. make sure there is. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, some of the places you're going to, there's bound to be some um, some crazy um, hairless beasts running around. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, final question for you. Actually, I might chuck in one more after this. Um, but what are you scared of? Do you know what? I was thinking about this during lockdown, actually, when we all just had nothing to do. And, you <laughs> think <laughs> deep, don't you? and I was thinking, I'm probably not scared of one thing, but I think, you know, the way that you don't... Um, appreciate something in the moment I'm really like because I'm always pushing for the next thing and I think this is such a motorsport thing always thinking what's next not enjoying the moment that you look back yeah. and think oh god you know what I wish I'd enjoyed that more yeah. so I'm now trying to be a lot more present with it and, and, and really enjoy the moment you know when I'm working through when I'm training every part of it so that you can look back and say actually I made the most of it I think that's that is such a good answer yeah, that's actually answer. quite that, that's way better than spiders or snakes <laughs> <laughs> No, it's a good answer, and it's very okay. true. I mean, I think I think yeah. a lot of a lot of people are guilty of that. I certainly am. I mean, I think you know both Harry and I with the the career choices we've made, where a lot of what we do is just off our own back. You know, you've got yeah. to go out and make your own money and your own luck, and you're constantly thinking, where's the next, um, where's the next bit of money coming from? What's the next job? You know, what are we going to do next? So, can totally relate to that. I think that's a great one. Um, one final highbrow question to finish off with: Would you prefer to be covered in feathers or scales? and why we ask all the hard hitting questions yeah. on this podcast you're never going to get you're never going to be interviewed like that after an extreme oh, no. I was going to say have they got any uses you know the feathers or well, scales feathers you could probably fly yeah see that's what I, I mean, was thinking that's, that's not scientifically proven like, <laughs> <laughs> at all just because a lot of birds thinking, have feathers if I'm going to be covered in feathers I've got a higher chance of flying and yeah. I've always wanted that to be my superpower so I'm going to go with feathers oh okay yeah, good choice. <laughs> Feathers seems to be the um, covering of choice. From the, I think yeah. we've asked two people, two others, that question, and Tom yeah. Chil- Tom Chilton also went with feathers, I believe. Yeah. Memory. Who went for who went for scales? Did anyone go for scales? I don't think that, anyone's gone for scales. Sort of, you can swim quite quickly then. Very I would quickly. Imagine. Yeah. Streamline. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, mm. no, Ooh, no good I'd be freaked out by that, I think. <laughs> <laughs> a bit, a bit well, listen, thank you so much for joining us. Um, massive congratulations on the Extreme E seat. Hugely exciting for you. Um, we look forward to seeing how you get on there. I'm sure we'll see you on our TV screens again. Um, and uh, I'll tell my son, Arthur, that um, there'll be plenty of reruns of Katie's Amazing Machines. Um, but in the meantime, thanks for being on the podcast. And we hope to see you in a paddock soon. 
Thanks so much for having me, guys. Take care. See you soon. Thank you so much for listening to the Motormouth podcast. Do make sure you give us a follow on our socials, Twitter at Motormouth underscore Instagram at Motormouth underscore official and on Facebook, just search Motormouth. You can download the Motormouth app where you can get exclusive video content from MMTV, create your own social profile and interact with others and check up on all the latest happenings with whatever motorsport takes your fancy. Don't forget to like, subscribe and review. And until next time, you've been listening to the Motormouth Podcast.